It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode. Of course, it's brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And Frank, uh, we had Justin on yesterday. We spoke a little bit about playoff scenarios, but I don't know about a Built Bar. I might need a Snickers bar because ever since we finished that podcast, I've been reading more and more stuff on Twitter about potential scenarios coming in to, to the NBA, how they want to finish these playoffs. And I, I got to admit, I'm just getting more annoyed the more I read it. And we can go through some of the stuff, particularly the group stage stuff. It makes no sense to me at all. I, I just feel like we've spent the bulk of the last two months talking about how we can get basketball back, how the Bucks can still win a title in this fantastic season that they spent over 60 games building this record that they have, the number one seed. And now it just feels to me that the NBA wants to throw all these gimmicks in that would make the season as non-legitimate as it could possibly be. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously uh, everyone listening to this knows that, yes, um, I, I come with a fundamental bias in my heart of hearts, obviously. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm going to view this largely from that side. But I'll, I'll at least, I think I'll try to at least sort of... Um, understand what where some of this is coming from and i mean the so i think there's a philosophical question here at the heart of it which you you sort of alluded to which is um like what what is the nba playoffs supposed to reward right um and i think the best um contrast to that is probably the ncaa tournament because the ncaa tournament is very fun for people who don't care about college basketball because it's random every game is single, single elimination in the tournament and you know it's random matchups and all stuff and obviously there's there's fundamental differences because there's you know way more college basketball teams than there are nba teams um but uh it is kind of this question of well is is it is is entertainment brought on by randomness actually something that a league should should kind of you know like the nba should should they do that as appealing because it might um be more interesting to like random fans who maybe don't have you know really vested interests or don't have um you know a reverence for the history and the way things usually are or are you trying to get to a you know you alluded to the, the idea of a legitimate champion right which would be try to set up a tournament in a playoff format that is likely to see the best team win right um 
and, and look, philosophically, there are arguments for, for either approach, um, but I, I would obviously kind of side more with your perspective of, I think the idea of like a professional tournament is that, you know, it should be set up in a way that rewards teams that play really well in the regular season, right? Especially in a league where there's the common refrain of, well, the regular season doesn't matter. Uh, let's just get to the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're trying to ascribe value to the regular season and give fans, you know, more of a reason to pay huge amounts of money for regular season games, then, you know, don't make the, uh, don't, don't make the playoffs more random than they already are, which again, I wouldn't say the NBA is a very random playoff scenario. I think, you know, generally the better team wins playoff series, right? It's, it's set up in a way that I think rewards the best teams. Um, you don't see like random teams that, you know, just get hot. Like that doesn't happen in the NBA. And I think that, I think that's a good thing, right? I think at the end of the year, I think you want to crown a champion that you feel like that was the best team. Right. And there's going to be scenarios like last year where like random injuries happen. And I mean, that was about as fluky as it could be with the Warriors losing, you know, two of their best players in the finals. But, um, but yeah, I think the goal should be to crown a champion who, um, you know, you look back and say that was the best team. Right. And so, um, I would agree, and I think what what some of the ideas um, that are being thrown around are, you know, sort of the like, let's get weird, let's get fun, let's get random, and that may be very appealing to, you know, a fan who's not really into the NBA who just wants to see like chaos, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term. Um, but look, like, is the NBA worried about ratings in the playoffs this year? of all the years that you'd be worried about attracting fans, like exactly. is, is, is this, is this really the year where you, you need gimmicks to bring people back? It's not like you're talking about there was like a year long strike or there's something that has made people hate your, hate your league, right? Like, you know, you're not battling indifference when, when you come back. So I would say for that reason, you really don't need to do something crazy. Um, and then I think the question is, I think, I think like the, the group play idea, you know, with this idea being that I think, I think we've heard 20 being the, the number of teams that's been sort of thrown around as the number of groups, like five groups of four teams each. Um, and you play, you know, each team two times. So each team plays six games and then the top two or, or maybe it was four groups of five. I don't remember, whatever it was. Um, you know, the bottom line is uh, all of a sudden, even if it is um, weighted where there's groups and the best teams are guaranteed not to face each other. Um, you know, like we see in the World Cup in soccer, like you have these sort of group of death type scenarios where if, you know, the Bucks are in a group with the best team from the second group and the third group, the fourth group, et cetera, all of a sudden, like that becomes a very, that could be a really challenging thing over a very small sample. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a potential chance to lose and not make it to the second round when, you know, if you're playing the Orlando Magic, you would say, well, that's, that's ex- extremely low probability of happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if, if your goal is to crown a champion that reflects who the best team was over the course of a season and that it's set up in a way to reward the best teams. And I think you don't set up things that are essentially rewarding, you know, good play over small samples. And that's especially for two other reasons, which I, one of them I haven't heard at all, which is very strange to me. So there's not going to be a home court advantage this year, right? Everything's going to be in one place. The teams that were good all year, the Bucks, Lakers, et cetera, they're already being punished because they're not going to get their home court advantage in the playoffs. So you're already throwing that, that out the window. You're already introducing the randomness of just neutral site games. 
And then on top of that, you're introducing the randomness of we just took, you know, a two plus month break that is going to do God knows what to these teams rhythm and ability to kind of get back up to speed. So, yeah, I mean, I would say those last two factors for me, that would say, well, why would you kind of dramatically swing the other way? And you know, the argument would be, well, you know, give, give these other random teams that aren't in the playoffs now a chance to make it because they didn't get a chance to play over a full season. Um, okay, like maybe, but I mean, in the East, there's really no team that isn't in the playoffs that, deserve, that deserves to be in it. <laughs> and in the West, there actually are. Um, but, it, you know, again, like whatever, it's a weird year. Like if we don't give every team a last ditch chance to make the playoffs, is that really that big of a deal? Are we going to look back in 10 years and say, oh, you know, Team X won the 2020 NBA title, but I mean, what would have happened if Zion and the Pelicans had been in the playoffs, right? No one's going to care. Like, nobody's going to look back and, and care that there wasn't, you know, a chance for some of those other teams to make it. All right, Frank, I know you're rolling right now, but I have to jump in and cut you off. Uh, and once again, remind our readers about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. Shout out to our listeners. I've had a couple people reach out and say that me, Talking about Built Bar as much as I am has caused them to finally go out and buy some. As you know, Built Bars are tasty. They're the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. They are great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And, of course, as you know, we have a great deal for you. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, You'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Frank, take it away after the break, my friend. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And the flip side is if you really want to have those teams have a chance, then just have a play-in tournament for the last couple spots. You know, exactly. you, don't have to, you don't have to throw all the good teams and their fates into the mix with some random group stage, which, again, especially when these teams first come back, it's going to be really random. We don't know what's going to happen. And some really good teams might have a slow start or, you know, something happens. God, you know, God forbid, like their best player has like coronavirus or something. <laughs> and, you know, they, uh, and again, obviously if that happens then they're in trouble regardless of the format. But, um, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like we're just getting way too cute with this. And it's kind of like, you know, oh, how do we make this meaningful for the, you know, 16 through 20 teams? Well, we don't have to. You know, we, we don't have to make it interesting to them, or at least we don't have to sacrifice potentially endangering the good team seasons because of, you know, trying to get some more teams involved and throw some more randomness into the mix. So anyway, that's the end of my rant. I, I think there's a lot of common agreement we have. Um, but for me, I, the thing I haven't really heard in kind of the mainstream media discussion as much is the fact that you've already thrown home court advantage out the window. And for me, that's the reason why you really don't want to introduce kind of more random stuff, which, you know, again, there's just so much randomness that's going to go into this just by nature of what it is 
that I wouldn't want to just dramatically play around with it because again, then I think Tom Ziller put it, I put it well in his newsletter today. You know, if you're going to get cute and try all these different things, whether it's one through 16 seeding or, you know, more extreme, these, this kind of group stage world cup type thing, then you're only more likely to make this season just feel like an asterisk season that wasn't reflective of the way the playoffs normally are. And I think there's value in trying to replicate what the league normally does. So Kevin O'Connor was probably the most notable uh, media member, I I guess today that has been in favor of uh, the group stage format. And I generally love Kevin's work, but this, this is ridiculous that he says that this is what the league should be doing. This would be more entertaining. And I can get to that. I'm going to circle back to that a little bit later because I can tell you how this would very quickly not become as entertaining as what he thinks it will be. But right from the start, if we think about group stages and why there is normally a group stage phase of any sporting event, think about the Soccer World Cup, as he pointed to. Think about the FIBA World Cup. The reason there's a group stage is because there's no predetermined results there's no sample size of games that have been played that have been able to uh, put the teams in order and separate the good from the bad the NBA's already had that we've played 60 plus games so now saying okay well we've played 60 games but that was actually just a big preseason we we don't actually really care about that now we're going to throw you all together we're going to get you which in Kevin's proposal was to play uh, the, the other four teams in your group twice. We're, even though you've played 60-plus games that have separated the teams, now we're going to get you to play eight games, and that is going to determine uh, who, who actually is the teams that move on to the playoffs. It doesn't make sense for the NBA, and we heard during the season that there was some talk about having an in-season tournament, and whether or not you're a fan of that or not, it makes more sense that you would have an in-season tournament that is completely separate to the regular season now I don't necessarily think this is something that the league is considering in the future, but just think about that for a second. If it is, and this is something that they bring in, and they actually have this crazy idea in their head that this could be something moving forward, they've spoke all season about how do they make the regular season actually legitimate and how do we uh, get more interest in this, which I think for basketball diehards, it's not really an issue anyway. I mean, the amount of basketball I watch during the season is, is incredible. I mean, I'm watching every single day. And... If they uh, brought that to another season, then all of a sudden the regular season really does mean nothing. The seeding means nothing, and, and it's, it really makes everything a joke. So I don't understand why they would bring this in. We've already spoke about the gimmicky approach uh, this would have. But getting back to the other point, where the situation they're bringing up is the fact that the first round often isn't that entertaining. And you'll have Bucks and Magic in the first round. I think back to last year, Bucks and Pistons, it wasn't close. It was a complete beatdown. Maybe there wasn't a lot of interest in that from some fans around the league that weren't that interested in watching game three and four as the Bucks completed the sweep. Certainly Milwaukee fans are interested in this, but I can understand that. But think, think about what you see in the FIBA World Cup or the Soccer World Cup. There's always some kind of upset. And when you have a sample size that small, let's just imagine, let's throw a team that would be in this tournament, a random team, Sacramento Kings. Let's just say the Kings somehow uh, find a way to... to pull off a couple of upsets in this neutral site that we've already discussed. The Kings make it through and the Bucks are eliminated for whatever reason that may be. Then you have the Kings playing, let's say, the <laughs> Lakers in the second round. So now all yeah, you're not, doing, yeah. all you're doing yeah, is transferring. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, but all you're doing is transferring the bad matchups from the first round and giving the possibility of tarnishing the second round 
and making the playoffs even more of a joke as you go forward. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, again, like people are getting too cute with this. I mean, that, that's my view, right? I mean, if you're a basketball writer, you're Kevin O'Connor or whatever, like I get it's like a fun, it's a fun, um, you know, experiment to sort of think about. Um, but as far as like, is this rewarding what the league wants to reward? And and I think your point is especially good. Um, you know, are, are you making the, the second round you know, setting the second round up to be uh, because of some random stuff that happened in a round robin when teams are first coming back. Are you setting up, you know, hey, ooh, that's exciting, you know, first round or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then you're setting up for like a total come down when you should have had marquee matchups all across the second round and said you don't even have that. And look, the Bucks and Pistons not being a great series, like, yeah, that's the absolute best team in the playoffs versus the absolute worst team in the playoffs. Like that, of all the series, that should be the bad series. Right. But even even if you used, you know, regular one through eight matchups in both conferences, there's some really good matchups that you would have um, in both conferences, right? I think I think Celtics Sixers, I think, would be a first-round matchup, I want to say, maybe right now. Yeah. I don't know. It depends a little bit on some of the t- tiebreakers. But you'd have, like, Celtics Sixers. I think um, the Clippers were going to face – uh, the Mavericks maybe is that was that right um there were some there's some really fun matchups um to be had across both conferences uh and it's not just like the four or five which is typically where you find it so um yeah I mean and and I think the the maybe I'll ask you about this and I think you guys already covered it yesterday but um I mean I think the le- the least offensive of sort of these options that's being thrown around is the the one through 16 seating um like at least I think there's a there, there's a, a sound argument for bringing that forward um, in you know beyond this year because I think I think you, you you alluded to it right like the idea of doing anything this year that's different from what you do moving forward I think is a delegitimizing sort of approach um, in whatever they do this year so and again like if the goal of this is like oh well, we gotta we gotta give incentives to the you know 17 through 20 teams to try and come back and play well why no like we shouldn't care about that then just don't don't bring yeah, them back exactly, like yeah. if you're that worried about it right like like why do we have to incentivize the bad teams to want to play basketball by punishing the good teams like that's just that's just totally anathema to i think what what you would want to be doing so um so yeah i think the one through 16 thing at least there's a you know a reasonable argument for that i think you know from the bucks perspective it wouldn't change the first round matchup. They'd still get the magic. I think probably the most interesting thing is just that you could, you would have a potential, I think Clippers in the, um, in the uh, semifinals, not the East or West finals, because there would be no East or West in that scenario, but um, you would have to play potentially the Clippers and then another, obviously great team in the, in the finals. Um, so the road becomes harder for the Bucks. So, I mean, look, this is where it's more my Homer perspective. Like, I don't want that just because I don't want, you know, <laughs> I don't want the Bucks to have a harder path to, to the final. Um, so I will gladly take the Eastern Conference. But I will say this as well. And, and, and I think the best argument in favor of that is if you're doing a neutral site, then the, the biggest argument for not doing this is um, the fact that, you know, travel-wise, it's a pain to be, you know, if you had to play like, you know, California team against you know the Celtics or something like that or or the Heat versus you know the Blazers right like that's just travel wise is really annoying 
to have to do those cross country trips. Flip side is you're also not having any back to back. So, you know, again, it's, it's more manageable, but, um, but anyway, I, I think, you know, with, with no travel like that in this, in this playoffs, that would be at least like one reason to do it. Um, flip side is, you know, obviously teams in the West, um, face a very, you know, face different talent the different schedules and teams in the East. So it's a little harder to kind of apples and orange and put them all in the same pot. But I don't really think that's actually a very big deal as far as uh, all this goes. Um, but I will say this, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool in basketball when you have sort of the, the rivalries, the conference rivalries, um, you know, you look at the Bucks I mean, the Bucks and Celtics definitely have history at this point. The Bucks and Sixers have not played in the playoffs, obviously, um, sort of in these, these last couple of years, but you know, there's, there's a rivalry there, right? There's a legitimate rivalry between those teams. Um, and, and, you know, not that, Joel Embiid and Giannis care about like the eighties rivalry of those teams, but it's kind of a fun, you know, backdrop to, I think all this. Um, so I, I actually think it's kind of fun to keep, you know, the, the, the East and Western conference. Um, and I think long-term, you know, long-term, there's always been this perception of you're never going to get a, a switch from the current system because, you know, the only pe- teams that would wa- the only owners that would really like want it right now necessarily would be, um, would be the, the the West teams and the East teams wouldn't. Um, so the only way to really even solve for it would be to say, all right, we're going to vote now. And then in, you know, five years, we're going to start this, right? Or some Sometime like way in the future when current situations like aren't going to bias us too much because who knows, right? Like five, 10 years from now, it, it shouldn't be, you know, in written in stone that the West continue to be better than the East, right? So um so anyway, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you had any more thoughts on the kind of the one through 16 seating. I at least see the rationale for that. And I don't think it delegitimizes a champion in, in close to the same way that, you know, the, the group staging kind of approach might. Um, but uh, by the same token, I, I don't know. I don't really want it to be that way. And part of that's because I'm a homer. And part of that's because I do think there's some, some arguments for kind of keeping things the way they are just for consistency. Well, speaking about travel, Frank, I want to remind you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. There's no better time to do this when you're traveling because it's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You also save 25% off only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Yeah, I'm not necessarily against the 1v16 moving forward into the future. Again, I just keep coming back to, and you sort of alluded to it at the start, they're making the change this season doesn't really like it doesn't make sense to me why you're going to do it this season i always thought if you wanted to do a 1v16 it should be something that they say at the start of the season this is what we're playing for this is a seeding uh, and this is what we're doing i understand why you could sit there and say yeah well there's no travel so it's easy to do this year well that's cool but it's also not an experiment moving forward to something you can use in future years because it's not telling you anything because if you come back next year hopefully uh there is travel but the the big thing for me that i, I keep coming back to and again, we come from a position where, yes, I mean, this is a Bucks podcast. We, we know already that just by virtue of having this hub set up, no team in, in the entire league is punished more than the Bucks as the number one seed because they would have had home court throughout the entire playoffs. Obviously, teams like the Lakers, Clippers, these other high seeds are also impacted. But when you send out the survey to GMs and you try and get other teams' opinion, I, I can't help but sit here and say, well, as you sort of pointed to, some teams are going to be in more favor of a play-in tournament or a, a round robin than others. And the Bucks are not going to want that, clearly, because it's going to disadvantage them more than anyone. I saw a quote from uh, Damian Lillard yesterday in an interview with Chris Haynes where he said uh, if he's going down there and the Blazers are playing in games where they can't make the playoffs or there's no path to the playoffs, he's not going to play. And it's like, well, cool. Don't, don't bring the Blazers down here then. I mean, you were, you were, over, you were three and a half games out of the playoffs anyway. You're only going to play five or six uh, towards, you know, probably a money revenue thing in terms of the regional sports network deals. So if that's the attitude of the players, I mean, this isn't a season where you play 20 games. I mean, where they're at right now, they've had a season shorter than this in the past. I know it's a unique situation, but I don't know. I just don't think these teams that are on the bubble should be dictating what the NBA does. If anything, it should be the teams that were at the top, that were in the position that this has impacted most, their ability to win a championship. Uh, it, it all seems a little backward. And I, I thought the whole point of getting basketball back this season was to finish this season as it was and to crown a champion. I, I don't know why now it's turning into this, this big game of, of, oh, well, we need to entertain this team and we need this team to feel good about making the playoffs and uh, we want the fans to enjoy this. As you said, everyone's going to be watching this. Everyone is desperate for basketball. No one is going to be going... Oh, well, I'm not watching the first round if that's the matchup. No one's been watching basketball for two months. Yeah, I mean, you could take, you know, uh, literally any two of the bottom five teams in the league, put them on TV three days a week, and they would do monster ratings right now, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Like, um, and so I, I definitely get the concern of, you know, and, and part of this is, is due to also some uh, aspects of, um, the obligations to local TV deals and uh, there's like some minimums that the league hits and beyond that the league keeps money and things like that. So there, there's some financial aspects of this, which are probably shading some of the interest in playing more, you know, regular season games. Um, obviously, you know, the more games I think you play, generically speaking, the more money the league is going to make somehow. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what uh, the Hawks playing another game is worth to the to the team you know to the league's um coffers but it's not negative right it's <laughs> some some positive number um so so that's kind of a that, that's sort of a backdrop to all this and then you know but but again i think letting this need to involve teams outside of you know the current playoff seating into this um 
I think again, like you can't let the tail wag the dog, right? In this yeah, scenario. And to me, that that's exactly what this would be. It would be, well, we, you know, we want to get these other games. We're going to get more regular season games in, you know, the league wants to play a minimum number of games. So can we get 30 teams? Can we get some numbers off of that? Well, if we're going to do that, then, you know, we got to have some creative thing that keeps them motivated. It's like, look, if, if those teams can't, you know, motivate and whatever, then, you know, F them. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. Right. Like yeah. it, you're not, you're not selling tickets to the games anyway. So that's, you know, already it's just a TV spectacle. Um, and uh, I, you know, look, I, I get it. They don't want um, those teams laying down uh, on national TV when the, when the league comes back. But the flip side is, and I think probably the biggest challenge in all this from like a, the perspective of, you know, as, as like a Bucks fan or a fan of any good team um, is, how do you give these teams some opportunity to get a rhythm back such that, you know, again, this issue of, well, you know, you don't want them coming back. And then, you know, does a team lose, does a great team lose its first two games of the playoffs because they're in preseason mode basically. And it's just all going to be really random. Um, So, I mean, for that reason, I think, again, there's an argument to be made for trying to, you know, have some games that, quote unquote count and they're not just scrimmages before you actually play these playoff games. Um, but how do you do that? Right. Um, and, and again, like for that reason, honestly, like if, you know, there was some type of regular season where, you know, maybe it didn't really quote unquote matter <laughs> to, to all the teams and maybe some of those teams lay down, well, whatever, like that's not the end of the world, right? Like some tune ups here before, games that, that count I, I think that's probably good for the sport because again as, as maybe as exciting as it might be to see uh, a good team just randomly you know shit the bed uh for the first two games coming out of a, a multi-month layoff um you know is that is that good for the sport nah, I don't I don't necessarily know I mean again sure I guess you could say hey if the Bucks lose the first two against the Magic because they're completely out of sorts then that actually makes that series interesting it's like yeah, I get that, but you know, let's at least like uh, make the magic have to earn those wins rather than have it just be the product of you know bad luck or not having enough time for teams to kind of get up to speed. So anyway, um, that that that's that, that's kind of been on my mind. Again, I I am taking some comfort in the fact that you know Giannis has been a fast starter every season, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm crossing my fingers that he's going to come back, and because. Giannis doesn't get, you know, like I'm very fascinated. You know how they, they did the official weight measurements before the season. See, I, I think I, I would love it. This is not going to happen, but I would love it if they had official weight measurements for every point back after a few month layoff. Cause I just want to see like, who's the person who just like, you know, like Luka Doncic coming back from Slovenia weighing like 267 pounds or something that would just like amuse me to no end or something like that. Right. Okay. I know we can't be like body shaming even professional athletes, but it would be wow. a funny subplot uh, to see which guys, I mean, we're going to, I'm sure we're going to see some guys who are just going to come back and just be like, wow, that guy, you know, he, he did not get the Peloton or he did not plug in the Peloton that he got from his team or whatever. Cause he just does not look like he has any any conditioning or any wind. I mean, that is absolutely going to happen, um, and it's just going to be fascinating to see kind of how how they manage it. I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. You could argue, you know, I I remember being asked the question um, on on a radio spot, like, "Hey, the Bucks' depth isn't that going to be uh, an advantage in the playoffs?" And this was right, kind of like when when everything kind of stopped. And my my argument was, well, 
playoffs are actually where depth tends to not matter as much, right? Like you tend to play your, your best players more and depth can, you know, really be valuable in the regular season, but then in the playoffs, it's not so much. This is actually a case where Bucks depth actually is probably going to be more advantageous because, um, you know, our team's going to want to have their guys, especially older players, going full bore, you know, heavy playoff minute loads right away. Well, Bob, imagine we know that. Yeah, but but for the Bucks, <laughs> that's not really an adjustment. They don't play their best players, you know, more than thirty minutes a game on average. And you know, even last year in the first round of the playoffs, I mean, Giannis. I don't think any. I don't think the Bucks had anybody over thirty minutes per game in the first round against Detroit last year, right? I mean, Giannis was just pretty much sitting out fourth quarter. So, um, so I think that's one. That's one plus. And again, you know, knock on wood that the Bucks and, and all these teams are are healthy and they don't pick up random injuries you know, in camp, just trying to get back up to speed. Um, because, uh, yeah, that, that's maybe one little silver lining here. Giannis being Giannis and always seeming to be shot out of a cannon when play restarts and probably having a bit of an edge just physically over his competition who maybe don't, <laughs> don't get, get ramped up that quickly. And then, uh, the buck step, hopefully that is an advantage in the playoffs in a way that maybe in a regular, in a, in a normal season, it wouldn't be. So the next board of governors meeting, from what I see, is scheduled for Friday. Uh, that's where all the GMs will get together. And uh, I guess the results of this survey that has been sent out with all these things tied into it will be revealed. So it's probably going to be another couple of days until we hear anything uh, more solid from the league in regards to what's happening. But it's been a big week. And uh, I said I've been kind of fired up, but I have been. It's And again, like we said the whole time, this is a Bucks podcast. We want the best for the Bucks, And we want them to be rewarded for the work that they put in over five months uh, from October through to March. And remember, we're only a couple of, way, a couple of weeks away at the time the league shut down uh, from the postseason. So it, it would be a bit of pill to swallow to all of a sudden have all these random uh, things thrown in there that ultimately just aren't necessary. We know you can go back and start the playoffs as it regularly is. So what are we trying to do? So I, I think in some ways, it's kind of fun that I'm so fired up about something basketball related because it's been a while. Uh, since I've been able to do that. But, uh, Frank, uh, it feels like the news is just going to keep coming. So, in, in some ways, we are still a long way away from the first ball being tipped. But it's uh, nonetheless a little bit exciting that we might get to see the Bucks on the floor sometime soon. Of course, remember, oh, I keep reminding you, the podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN for $10 off your first order. Frank, thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm glad to hear you. You got some garden work done over the over the long weekend. Uh, we have officially crossed over climates, so now I'm in winter and, and you're moving into summer. So I'm, I'm I'm very happy for you over there. But thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to send us your thoughts on what the NBA is trying to do with the postseason, and then we'll speak to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.